Well, good morning. There's a, there's a church tradition that dates all the way back to about 400 AD uh, that many of you know. It's a tradition that ties us together as the church and has like for 1,600 years. And it's this simple tradition. Uh, someone says, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Uh, this morning as people were coming in, uh, some of the greeters were saying, he is risen, and people were saying, good morning. And then it is a good morning, but... But that is just a, a Christian tradition. And, you know, sometimes traditions get lost. We just do things because it's what we've always done. But, but the reality is some traditions tie us together. And so that's just one of those Easter traditions that we've celebrated as a church for a long time. So one more time, uh, Christ is risen. Amen. Amen. Well, well, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you're here, whether you're here in person or online. Uh, we're thankful that you're here to celebrate Easter with us. Uh, today is Resurrection Sunday, and man, it feels good to gather as the church and worship Jesus today. Uh, just a couple days ago, we gathered here to, to celebrate Good Friday, and Good Friday is a different day. Uh, Good Friday is a, is a day that we remember uh, the death of Christ and the cross and the sacrifice that he made for us. And, and when someone dies, it's pretty typical that someone who knows them or loves them writes an obituary, right? An obituary is a, is a few pa- paragraphs that tries to sum up someone's life and as a pastor, I've done a lot of memorial services, and I've read a lot of obituaries. And, you know, it's really hard to sum up the life of a person. You know, somebody's, you know, 60, 70, 80 years of life in a couple paragraphs that you read in a few minutes. Uh, uh, floating around the Internet uh, has been an obituary that someone wrote for Jesus, And so I just wanted to read that uh, to you this morning. Uh, And this is what it says. Jesus Christ, 33 of Nazareth, died Friday on Mount Calvary, also known as Golgotha, uh, the place of the skull. Betrayed by the apostle Judas, Jesus was crucified by the Jews' decision by Governor Pontius Pilate's jurisdiction. The cause of death was crucifixion. Jesus Christ, a descendant of of Adam through Abraham, was a member of the house of David. Uh, He was the only begotten son of God in heaven. Stepfather Joseph, a carpenter of Nazareth, and Mary, his devoted mother. Uh, Jesus was born in a stable in the city of Bethlehem in Judea. He is survived by his mother Mary, his faithful apostles, numerous disciples, and many other followers. Uh, Jesus was educated by God, his father, and spent most of his uh, working years as a carpenter and then, as of late, a teacher of the new law of grace. Jesus also occasionally worked as a medical doctor, and by faith, he and his associates healed many patients. Up until the time of his death, Jesus was teaching and sharing the good news of the new covenant of salvation through himself healing the sick, touching the lonely, feeding the hungry, and helping the poor. Jesus was most noted for telling stories about the kingdom of God and performing miracles such as feeding over 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish, healing the blind, the leper, and raising people from the dead. Jesus was buried in a stone grave, which was donated by Joseph of Arimathea, a loyal friend of the family, 
By order of the governor, a boulder was rolled in front of the tomb in a seal with the official Roman seal placed on it. Roman soldiers have been stationed to guard the tomb day and night. In lieu of flowers, the family has requested that everyone try to live as Jesus did. Donations may be sent to help those in need. I like that little obituary. I think it sums up the, the life of Jesus. And, and I think it's very fitting for Good Friday, but it's not real fitting for Easter. Uh, right? If you were here with us for Good Friday, we took time to, to remember the cross. And it's really important that we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Right? Jesus died for our sins. Uh, The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so the cross is really important, and it's important that we remember the sacrifice that was paid uh, on the cross, that Jesus shed his blood, right? And in that, satisfied the wrath of God against us. Uh, It's important that we remember that it's our sin uh, that nailed Jesus to the cross, that, that we're guilty of that. It's also important that we remember that the cross demonstrates just how much God really loves us and the length that he is willing to go to demonstrate that love and to pay for our sin. But as amazing as the cross is, it's not the cross that defines Christianity. If Jesus' obituary was the end of the story... The cross has no meaning at all. Without the resurrection, the cross is utter foolishness. And this isn't my opinion. This is actually what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul writes this. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised... Uh, Not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we of all people are most to be pitied. Right? The resurrection is the hope of the gospel. Uh, The word gospel actually means good news. Church, we're supposed to be preaching good news. That's what it's all about. But if the resurrection is taken away from the gospel, we're not left with good news. We're left with really bad news because there is no salvation. And the Apostle Paul says we are to be pitied above all. You know, one of the things I've discovered is that we really love Christmas. We love the story of the baby Jesus. We love Jesus in a manger. And I I think there's a reason for that, because we can kind of control a baby Jesus. We love to sing about the old rugged cross. 
right? We, we love this idea that we're forgiven. Matter of fact, we love the cross so much that we've made it into our, our, our symbol. I mean, we have a cross on the pulpit. There's a cross behind us. Many of you are probably wearing a cross as some form of jewelry. We have crosses on our Bibles and on our cars and, and everywhere, right? The cross has become the symbol of Christianity, but the story doesn't stop with the cross. Right? The story doesn't stop there. It's actually the resurrection that ensures us that eternal life is real. There's a reason why the early church, right? It wasn't just an Easter greeting. The early church, when they would come upon another Christian, would say, He is risen, and they would say, For a reason. It is because it, the, the resurrection is the central focus point of the Christian faith. Right? Jesus didn't come to earth only to die on a cross. The message of the gospel is far more than just the forgiveness of sin. I mean, that's important, but it's, it's more than that. The full message of the gospel is that Jesus came to forgive our sin and give us new life. Right? That's what's important. Is it's not just the forgiveness of sin, but God came to give us new life, resurrected life. Right? That is the message of the empty tomb. It's the message of Easter. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Right? Jesus didn't just come to die on a cross. He came to give new life, to give abundant life. I say this every Easter. The resurrection is the single most significant event in the history of humanity. I believe that. It is through the resurrection, right, that Jesus defeated sin and death forever. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, right, the same chapter where Paul talks about if you don't believe in the resurrection, if the resurrection didn't happen, we are to be pitied. He goes on to say this. 1 Corinthians 15, 50, he says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Right? For a trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Uh, Bill and Stacy read the Easter story from John for us. In, in one of the interesting parts of that story, and you, you probably picked up on it, you probably heard it before, is that Mary goes to the tomb right, to find Jesus and to, to pay respect to his body. And, he, and she gets there, and the tomb's been opened. And she looks inside and there's no body. And she's like, where, where did Jesus go? Where did they put his body? 
And she turns around and she sees this person there, but she doesn't recognize him as Jesus until he speaks. Why is that? Because he'd been resurrected. Right? There's something that changes in that, right? The life changes, physical body changes. Jesus looked different after the resurrection. The imperishable put on the perishable, the mortal puts on immortality. Right? That, that it goes on to say, and then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Right Through the resurrection... Jesus defeated sin and death, right, through the resurrection. So what does that mean for us? I know as the church, and, and maybe, maybe you come on Easter, right? Maybe that's part of church for you, and, and we're glad that you're here. What does that mean? Why, why do we gather like this on Easter? You know, what does the resurrection mean for us personally, I think it means this. We don't have to live in the bondage of sin. We don't have to live there. Right? Through the power of the resurrected Christ, we can actually experience freedom from our sin. We don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to live on that hamster wheel. Has anybody ever had a hamster? You have kids, you probably had a hamster. How many of you had to do a hamster funeral? Um, right? But those hamsters, right, they get on that little wheel, and they just run, and they run, and they run, and they run, and they go nowhere. Right? We, we don't have to live on that wheel. And, and you know what I'm talking about, right? We, we sin. We feel bad. We repent. We say that we'll never do it again. And then what happens? We do it again. And we sin, and then we feel worse, right? And then we repent, and then we do good for a while, and then we end up back in the same spot. And we just do that over and and over and over again. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever experienced that? I know I've experienced that. See, when we try to deal with our own sin, it just seems like there's this constant battle that we get stuck in. And it's really hard to get out of. We want to do good, but we end up, what, doing the thing that we don't want to do. I think the Bible talks about that a little bit. Right? We get stuck in this place. Jesus came to set us free from the hamster wheel of sin. He came to set us free from that. And next week we're starting a new series called New. Uh, And we're going to talk about how to experience the new life that God has promised us. So so if you find yourself on the hamster wheel and and you don't know how to get off, man, don't miss the next three weeks, whether you have to tune in online or you come to church. uh, But but make sure that you're here. Pastor Tyler's kicking that series off, so uh, be here for that.
But as I think about Easter, I just come back to this idea that Jesus came to give us abundant life. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.17 wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Uh, That's not a future thing. Right? Paul's not saying when Jesus returns or after you're resurrected from the dead, you'll experience new life. He's saying if anyone is in Christ, right, they are a new creation. So we're going to spend some time and talk about that. I'm going to change gears just a little bit here. Um, we live in some pretty crazy times right now. Anybody notice that? <laughs> I mean... There are events playing out in the world today that our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids will actually read about in their history books, right? We are living in very historic times. The, the global pandemic that shut down the world will be talked about for centuries, right? People will study it, and it'll be taught in college, and it'll be taught in high school, right? We're going to talk about this stuff. The war in Ukraine is something we're going to talk about, right? The crazy inflation that we're dealing with. Anybody noticed inflation in their life these days? Man, if you commute at all, you know what I'm talking about, uh, right? Things are crazy. And the other thing that's crazy right now is that we live in a world that changes so quickly that if something doesn't change, we think there's something wrong, right? I mean, we turn on the news every day hoping to hear something new, whether it's good or bad, right? We're just expecting something to change, uh, we live in a period of history like none other. And, and at times like this, I think it can be a bit scary, yet at, it's also very exciting. I mean, it's exciting to, to live through historical events. And, and as we take all these things in, I can't help but wonder at times what life will be like in 50 years, because I, I won't be here in 50 years. But what will life be like? What would life be like for my kids and my grandkids? And here's the thing, as I wonder about that, am I the only one that ever has those? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm the only one that sits at home and watches the news and says, man, man, what is this world going to be like? As I have those thoughts, I'm always drawn back to these two things. First, I'm reminded again that no event in history has shaped the world like the life death, and resurrection of Jesus, right? The resurrection changed the world in a good way, and there's been no other event like it. And no matter what you believe about Jesus today, you cannot escape the fact that he has impacted our world like no one else. The resurrection changed the world. Our calendar, right, revolves around the birth of Christ. Most of our major holidays are Christian Most of our finest universities started off as Christian universities and shaped Western thought. Many of our hospitals and medical research centers are Christian. Uh, The whole of Western culture and and most of Eastern culture was shaped by Christianity. And and here's the crazy thing. After 2,000 years, the church still flourishes. You know, today we're gathered together in Cedar Woolley in this little church, uh, but the truth is two billion plus Christians gathered together today to celebrate the resurrection. 
Right? Almost a third of the world's population gathered together to proclaim that Jesus is risen. It's amazing. Right? Jesus is still impacting our world today. So Jesus impacted our world like no one else in history. And in our changing times, it's good to know that Jesus is still in control. That the resurrection is still true. That we can trust in God. Secondly, I'm reminded of this simple fact about life here on this earth. Life, physical life, doesn't go on forever. We will all one day die, right? Physical death is a real part of the human experience. And you might be thinking, why, why is this pastor talking about death on Easter? The Bible says that it's, it's better to live in the house of mourning than in the house of celebration. Because it reminds us of our mortality. You see, unless Jesus comes back before we die, there's no escaping death. Right? We will all one day face our own mortality. And in the world that we live in, it's important to remember that there's no military victory or leader. There's no medical cure or doctor. There's no herbal supplement or essential oil or global village that's going to keep us from dying. As hard as we try not to die, we will all one day face our death. And so that means, because that's common to us as, as humanity, I think one of the big questions in life that we all ask is simply, what happens when we die? Has anybody ever asked that question of themselves? I know I have. What happens when we die? And the truth is, no one here on earth can answer that question but Jesus. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead. Right? He can answer that question. So this morning, I just stand here to proclaim to you the hope of, of Easter, the, the hope of Jesus' resurrection, the hope of Jesus Christ. Right? If there is one thing certain in this life, it is death. But through Christ and his resurrection, we can be certain that there is life beyond the grave, right? That spiritually, when we die, our spirits will go to heaven. And then one day, right, the Bible says when Jesus comes back, we will be resurrected. We will be called out of the tomb, and we will experience eternal life, right? That is the story of Easter. Death is not the end of the story. So what's so great about Easter? Christ is risen. Right? Easter is the celebration of Jesus' resurrection, and, and ultimately it's the celebration of our resurrection. Right? That's why we gather together. It's not just because 2,000 years ago Jesus came out of the tomb. It's because one day we too will be called out of the tomb. Right? Easter tells us what's going to happen. It answers the question, what happens when you die? Right? That's, that's what's so great about Easter. So here's the deal. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If there's one thing that's true, it's this. You cannot remain neutral when it comes to Jesus. Right? Jesus said he is the only way to God. He is the only answer to eternal life. He claimed to be God. The church for 2,000 years says this guy came to earth from heaven, was nailed to a cross, died, was put in a tomb, and then came back to life. That is either true or it's the greatest hoax of all history. It's one or the other. It can't be both, right? Because it, this sounds crazy. So it either has to be true or it has to be false. There's no middle ground in that. God didn't leave any middle ground in that. Jesus didn't leave any middle ground in that. He himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this Easter morning, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you feel that God is tugging at your heart this morning, I just invite you to say yes to Jesus. But no matter what, you have to make a decision. right? You can't stay neutral. You can't just come to church and say, well, that was nice. That was a good Easter tradition. Because that's not what this is about. Right, we are here together as the church proclaiming that Jesus is alive. And we're putting our hope in the fact that we one day too will be resurrected from the dead. That's why we're here. So if you have never accepted Jesus, right, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, notice it doesn't say went to the cross. Says, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe that this morning? Becoming a follower of Jesus isn't complicated, it's a matter of faith. Do you believe in Jesus or not? It's really that simple. I think that's the thing I love about the gospel. It's not complicated, it's really simple. It's about believing in Christ and his sacrifice that he made for us, and that the fact that he didn't stay in the tomb. So anyway, I just invite you to accept Jesus this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we just come before you today, and we're just so thankful for your love and grace and goodness. We're thankful for the resurrection, a fact that's been celebrated for two, two millennium. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, we look forward to the day when we will experience our own resurrection. And until that time, Lord, we want to live in the new life that you've promised us. Lord, we just acknowledge that, that the story doesn't end with the cross. So, Lord, we just, we just worship you this morning. And, and, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today who has never said yes to Jesus, who's never said, man, I... I think this thing is true. Lord, I pray today through the power of your Holy Spirit they would just simply say yes to you. That they would, they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time that we get to come together and celebrate the resurrection. We just want to make sure to give you the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey.